1 Corinthians in your Bibles in chapter number 8. 1 Corinthians chapter number 8 as we've been studying how to live Christ-like in a crooked land. Because boy, we've learned about how crooked this land of Corinth is. But we've also learned that when someone is living in a land that might seem crooked all around them, they can still live a life that is Christ-like. So tonight we're going to be looking at something very, very practical. And I want you to stick with me through it as we try to understand uh, what might be a good thing to do and what might not be a good thing to do. Because we've talked about this just a little bit in the past. Uh, I gave you an illustration of Charles Spurgeon as he had this situation with his cigars. He was trying to figure out what he should and shouldn't do there. But, you know, here we're going to be learning a principle. And it's amazing how often this, this one principle just pops up in Scripture. This principle and what I personally have come to call God's law of love, where he has commanded us to love people. And by the way, when we love the way God wants us to love, that automatically changes the things that we do, the things that we say, the, uh, the, play, the, the way that we act. When we love someone, it changes everything about us. You know, there was a time when, when Tori and I, we knew each other, but we were not in love. Now, maybe she loved me at the time, you know, because she had already seen me. <laughs> that's, that's right. But I want to tell you something. The more that my love has grown for my wife, the more that I am wanting to do for her because I love her. She, she's mine. She's my wife. I, I want to take care of her. I want to provide for her. I love her. I want to care for her because of that love. Now, when we love someone, it dictates that we do something, doesn't it? And folks, we see that all through the Bible. There's, there's so many times we as people, we try to think, okay, is this right or is this wrong? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do it this way or should I not do it this way? And we try to see the black and white. But sometimes the black and white isn't always a deciding factor. Sometimes love means more than the black and white. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 8 as we begin to answer this question. Sometimes when something comes up, I have to figure out, is this right or is this wrong? Is it okay for me to do this? Is it not okay for me to do this? And we're going to talk about how love actually plays a part in answering that question. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 1. The Bible says this. Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other than God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all are things and we by him. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge." For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. 
But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see which thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make thy brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Our Lord God, again, I ask you to help us to understand this principle of love as it relates to our fellow man. Lord, we love you, and I pray that the love of Christ would reign in our hearts and minds and help us to understand this scripture tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we ask that. Amen. Okay, well, here's what's going on in that scripture. Uh, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of looking at this and studying it a few times. And when, when you're reading this, this particular chapter and you already know the context, it helps you out a little bit. Uh, what's going on here, and I, I think, I can't remember where, I might have even been here. I had the opportunity to preach on a similar passage, and I called the title of this message, But I Wanted a Steak! Because that's what's going on here in this passage. At this time period, if you remember, we talked about how there were false idols. They would go to a temple, and they would have these, these rituals they would do. And this one particular temple where they would go to... They would take your cow, or they would take the lamb, or whatever it is. They would slaughter this lamb. They would take the meat, and they would offer that meat on an idol, or on, on an altar to, to a false god. To something that they would have carved out of stone. Uh, to, to something fake that they would have just made. It. Well, here, here it is. They offered it up. And then now the meat's just sitting there, and they're thinking, okay, well, there it is. What are we going to do with it? Are we just going to let the meat sit there and rot? So the people that would go to this temple, they got in their heads, okay, I know what we're going to do. We, we've offered up to the idol. We've, we've done our thing. We've done our ritual. Uh, now we're going to sell the stuff and we're going to make some money. So they would take this meat and they would, they would take it to market and they would sell it. And this would be meat that they would make money off of. And this was meat, though, that had been in the temple offered to a false god. Now you have these Christians over here. So they're walking through the market and they see the temple over here and, and they see this meat that's for sale. And they're thinking, oh boy, I'm hungry, but I don't know if I should eat that piece of steak there or not because, because that's, that's been in the temple. That, that's been in the, the, the offered to the false gods. It's, it's not right for me to do that. So now you start to have some confusion. They're trying to figure out, okay, is it right or is it wrong? Is it okay for me to eat this meat? Or is it not okay for me to eat this meat? So this is their question. Now, here's what this means to us. Some questions might pop up in our life that are not, that are not black and white. There might be some things come up that we would go to our Bibles and we would say, Okay, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? Now, I might find some, some principles. I might find some ideas. But you'll not, find, you'll not find a specific black and white. There again, just because we used this example before. There was no such thing as, as cigarettes in the time of the Bible, right? So if you were to ask yourself simply that question, you're not going to find it black and white. But... I can find some principles that will tell me what might be right or wrong. So now, this being something that's not black and white, I am going to have to figure this out. Just like these guys had to figure out, okay, this meat, it's been in the false idol's temple. These people are using it in their rituals. 
Is it okay for me as a Christian to eat this? Well, let's go ahead and see what our principles are and what Paul begins to talk about. The first thing we're going to look at is this. There is a principle that we need to apply. There's two things. There's two things with this principle. The first one is this. The knowledge. The knowledge. He, he kind of sets the stage. He gives us the, the puzzle pieces in verse number 1 and 2. As touching things offered unto idols, that meat, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity, love, edifieth. And if any man think that he know anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Okay, so Paul says, you know what? You want to know the answer? Let's work through it. Here's how you're going to figure it out. There's two great things you have to consider. And actually, there's going to be a third one in a minute. There's two great things we have to figure out. There is knowledge, and then there's charity. There's what I know in my head, and there's what I love. There's the the love that's in my heart. So what is going to be the big difference? Well, the first thing we're going to see is this. Knowledge, first off, is something that we, we learn. It's just something that comes to us. But the problem about knowledge is... Is, you know, we don't always have the answers, do we? I'll admit, a lot of times I'm not that smart. A lot of times I don't have all the answers. I remember when I was a kid, I had a lot of people say, you just think you know everything, you know? Oh, Trevor, he's a, you know, he's a know-it-all. And I was a kid that was afraid to be wrong. But, you know, the older I got, the more I found out, the less I knew, right? You know, it, kind, of, kind of that old thing we hear about, you know, when I was a kid, I knew everything. I thought my parents didn't know anything. And then the older I got, my parents seemed to get a whole lot smarter, right? You know, that's the way we are. We, we think we know all these things, but there's always more that we can learn. And that's the problem with knowledge. There's some things you might know. There's some things you might not know. There's some things you might understand about the Bible. There's some things you might not understand about the Bible. So knowledge is very, it's very limited. Knowledge is limited. And there's another thing that knowledge does. Look what the Bible says. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. You know what knowledge is going to make somebody do? It's going to make them get pretty prideful. When someone gets very, very smart, it's almost like they get so smart they're too big for their own britches kind of smart. They'll start getting pretty prideful. Hey, you know, you just, you just come to me. You know, I, I, I've got all the answers. You, you have a problem? I'll figure it out for you. You know, they'll start to get very prideful. Knowledge will do that. Not that knowledge is wrong, but that's what knowledge does. It breeds pride. So should knowledge always be what determines whether something is morally right or morally wrong? Should I do it this way or should I do it that way? Well, let me sit back and get on my to-do list and I'll write a pros and cons and I'll figure out that this is good or if this is bad and, and I'll just do it all according to my knowledge. Well... Number one, you don't know everything. And number two, that pride is going to, that knowledge is going to make you kind of prideful. So that might not be the best thing to figure out right or wrong from. There's another thing that we have to consider. There is knowledge, but secondly, there is charity, which is love. That's a word for love in the Bible. Charity, there is love. So here's what he says. In verse number one, knowledge puffeth up, but charity... It edifieth, which that means charity is going to make other people feel good. That means charity isn't going to look at me and how great I am. Charity is going to say, what can I do for this person? 
Well, what can I do to make their day better? Man, I, I love that person so much. What can I do to, to make them happy, to make them feel special? Like, like, like when you're dating or you're in love with your husband or your wife, you're always thinking of what you can do for the other person because you love them. So charity is going to build this person up. Now notice, charity is not usually something that's, that's it's not limited in the same way knowledge is. Usually with love, either you're going to love somebody or you're not. You know, usually with love, it's going to be focused towards the other person, not me. I'm not going to be prideful. Love is something that will give me an answer without having to sit back and figure a pros and cons list. It's always going to be looking at the other person. Charity is more of an emotion. And here's the neat thing about charity. Verse number two. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. He only knows the stuff that he's been taught. Verse number three. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Here's the two neat things about love. If you're a person that loves God, people can see that in you. Believe it or not, that's, that's something that stands out quite a bit. It's almost, it's almost like you ever seen a guy that... Uh, that just finished eating a hot dog or something, and he's got mustard smeared across his face, and he doesn't even know it. You know, you, the, the guy might not even know, but you're looking at him, you're thinking, "Hey, buddy, you know, you need to you know, wipe your face off a little bit." Everybody can see it; it's all over him. He might not know it, but there it is. I'm thinking of a man right now that that his whole life is is just described with loving God and loving people. Just everything about him. Well, when you talk to him, you can't talk to him for any amount of time without him saying something about the Lord at some point. He just loves the Lord. And you can see it on that guy. Folks, that's what love does. Love comes from God and people see it in us. So what we wanted to do is we just wanted to set the stage. There's knowledge and then there's love. But we're talking about how do I know if something's right or wrong? How do I know what I should do and what I shouldn't do? Is it okay for them to eat of that meat? Well, let's see if we can't figure it out based off of what the scripture says. So we've seen here our, our basic principle. But here's the purpose of what we're going to be looking at. That. Why do we have these two, these two things? Well, here it is. Number one, knowledge, it is basically just going to give us the facts. Knowledge is just going to give us the facts. Verse number three. If any man love God, the same is known of him. And as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered into sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. Okay, there's a fact. Verse number five. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be any gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all things, uh, and we by him. Now, okay, let's consider that. Let's, let's think this through. Here's what Paul just said. So well, what, is, what is the purpose of these two things? What are the facts of of this temple, of the false gods, and of the meat. What can we say we know? Well, if I were there, and I was in Corinth, and as a Christian, I'm looking at that place, I'm going to think to myself, well, number one, it's just, it's just a piece of beef. I mean, there's, there's nothing sinful about meat. And I'm going to think, well, number two, that that building with a false god in it, 
That God is nothing but a piece of wood. I mean, there's no, there's no worship going on there because there's only one God. That's what I know, number three. He's, he's mine. I'm his. So what they're doing over there is basically just a bunch of nonsense. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's just beef. And is there anything in the Bible that tells me that I can't eat me a good juicy piece of steak? No. Yeah, the Bible doesn't say that. So those are the facts. Is there anything factually wrong? Well, based off the facts and my knowledge, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, there's, no, there's no sin. There, there's no facts that would tell me yes or no. So there's, there's the knowledge. Knowledge is giving me the simple black and white. Now, I want to keep reading and you're going to see where charity comes in. Look at verse number seven. Howbeit, even though that's true, there is not in every man that knowledge. Oh, so while I might know that, everyone else might not know that. There might be some people that take what's going on over there to heart. There is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better. Neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So here's what he's saying. While I have the facts that this is just a piece of stick, while I have the facts that that idol is just a piece of wood or just a piece of stone or gold or whatever it is, while I know for a fact there's only one God and what they're doing over there is a bunch of foolishness anyway, everyone else around me might not know that. I can have a clear conscience and go sit down and eat that T-bone steak over there. But other people, they might be saying, oh, man, look, look at the preacher. He's going over there to the place where the false gods are. You see, they might not have that knowledge. And so what Paul is saying is, yeah, while I might have the facts, everyone else might not. So there's the knowledge. Now Paul's thinking, okay, where's the love going to come in? Does my love of God and my love for people, is it going to allow me to go over here and eat of this meat? Is it okay because I love everyone else? See, here's what's happening. You know, there's some things that I can do that don't bother me at all. But if someone else were to do that exact same thing, it would hurt their conscience really bad. Now, that's, that's something between them and the Lord. I'll give you a perfect example because this is one that, depending on who you talk to, this could be a really big one today. I know for a fact right now on May 8, 2019, that there are some Christians that believe if you, if you were to step foot inside of a movie theater, you were, man, you were just, you were sinning against God in heaven. That is an awful thing. And if they were themselves to do that, that would hurt their conscience bad. They would just feel dirty and rotten and filthy and awful deep down on the inside. That's how they would feel because they honestly believe that that is something that they should not do. And you know, personally, I don't see any difference between a person going into a really big movie screen and to a little one in their homes. I mean, that's, that, that's the way I see it. To me, those are the facts. But now, if I were to go spend some time with one of those other people, I would not invite them to the movie theater. Why? Because I love them. 
I wouldn't sit down and talk to them about, oh man, what, what's going on at the movies? There's this film on, there's this, this, this and that. And you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring this up as some kind of great topic of discussion because I know that's going to be hurting their conscience. And I wouldn't drag them into the theater either because then I would be causing them to go against what's in their heart. And I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to hurt them because I love them. See, now, what, where is my decision lying? Is my decision just with knowledge or is my decision with charity too? See, when I see that I love someone, it might actually go more than just the black and white. That's what we have to think about. It's so much more than just black and white. There's that love too. So while knowledge gives the fact, love will determine your action. While knowledge gives you the fact, the love is going to determine what you do. Well, preacher, does that mean that sometimes I might not do something that I really want to? Yeah, maybe. Because I want to tell you, I really enjoy a good piece of steak. I mean, a lot. Especially if it's grilled just right and it's tender. You know, Tori and I, we went out to that new, that new restaurant over in Prey, the, uh, the, the Sage Grill out there. And we, we ordered a steak. And man, you could cut this steak with your fork. Man, it was awesome. But you know, I, it, I'm going to tell you something. If I knew that going to the Sage Grill and ordering that steak would offend someone that I love to the depths of their soul, I don't have to eat a piece of steak. It's just steak. Why, why would I hurt somebody so deeply over something so petty? You see the difference? It's not just a black and white thing. It's, it's my love for others that's going to determine what I do. So there is the knowledge, and then there's the love. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through it. Let's go ahead and walk through what we're going to call the procedure of it all. The first thing is going to be this. When you are faced with something, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to consider the facts. Consider the facts. Okay, that's what Paul did first. We shouldn't just get rid of knowledge, but go ahead and figure out where it is. You know, I've, I've been faced with a situation like that. Lord, is this right or is this wrong? And I get out my Bible and I start trying to find something. And it seems like maybe it says this here or it says this somewhere else. But boy, I'm scratching my head and I'm just trying to figure it out. And I'm going to try to figure out what facts that I possibly can. But then... Maybe I'll get to the point where I feel honestly that, you know what, the Lord, he'd be perfectly okay with me doing this. But then I find out other people might not be okay. You know, someone else, that might, that might deeply hurt them if I were to go this route. The next thing I'm going to do is this. I'm going to consider my conscience. I'm going to consider my conscience. And folks, what I want you to do tonight is I want you to learn to listen to your conscience and what I mean is not, I'm not talking about Pinocchio, you know, Jimmy the Cricket, letting your conscience be your guide, right? Because, you know, what we know is that in our own heart, we'll mess ourselves up. But I'm talking about the way the Holy Spirit talks to us. Have you ever started to do something and then right before you did it, you thought to yourself, you know, the Lord wouldn't be too happy if I were to do that. You know, that, that's the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, you shouldn't do that. Or maybe it's even the other word. Hey, why don't you do this? That would be better. Now, we need to learn to listen to that. Because the more that I take that still, small voice and I push it to the side and stick my earplugs in my ear, the more that I won't hear the Lord anymore. 
the, the more that I'll just start to do my own thing because my way matters to me more. Folks, we see all through the Bible that God, many times he speaks in just that still, small quietness in the depths of your heart. Just something so quiet and so simple. And we have to learn to listen to that. And if we suppress it, if we go against it, eventually we'll start to get numb to what God wants, to, wants us to hear and wants us to do. So we actually have to consider our own conscience. Maybe there's no black and white, hard, fast rule. Uh, I'll tell you about a man. Maybe you have heard of this preacher. His name is Lester Roloff. Uh, he, he was a preacher many years ago, and, and he was a man that was very, very health conscious. Uh, he thought it was... He thought it was biblically sound to take as good, of your, as good care of your body as you possibly could, which I believe is a good thing. But watch this. This preacher, he, was, he was, uh, had a personal conviction that you should not drink coffee. Like none at all. Just, just none. And if, if I were that man, I would probably be in bed asleep right now. You know, <laughs> sometimes I like coffee. You know, it's, I think it tastes good. I enjoy it. I like the different kinds of beans, and I don't see anything wrong with it. But him, those were his personal convictions. He would not touch a cup of coffee. You know why? Because that was a conviction he had in his heart. And he felt within his heart that is something that he should not do, so he stuck by it. You know, there might be something that God impresses upon your heart that you should or should not do. I would encourage you to go with it. Hey, if that's what you feel like the Lord would have you to do, and, and there's, no, there's no black and white within the, the, from Genesis to Revelation that you can find for it, but your conscience is telling you to go this way, or rather the Holy Spirit, hey, that's what, what you ought to go with. Sometimes the Lord speaks to us that way. And then here, lastly, is the difficult one. Folks, I want you to consider your brother. Consider your brother. Do you have someone that you know, someone that you love, that there is something that is okay for you to do, but you know in doing so, it hurts them? Why would we do it? Why, why, why would we do something that would offend them? I want to show you how we actually mess up. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 8. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. He's saying, look, Christians, if you go over there to that temple and you were to eat that meat, you're not doing good, you're not doing bad. It's a piece of steak. There, there's no good or bad either way. It's just a thing. So Paul is saying, don't worry about the good or bad there. But look what he says next. Verse number nine. But take heed. Here's your warning. Lest by any means this liberty, this freedom of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are of the offer to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Whoa. So if you caught it, here's just what happened. Let me draw you a picture. Let's say that I, I'm, let's just say I'm Joe. And, and my name is Joe and, and I, live, I live in the town of Corinth. And every once in a while, I like eating a nice juicy filet mignon wrapped up in bacon with A1 sauce all over it. And that's, man, that's, that's what I like. 
And so here I am. I'm going to go over here to, to this place. And I know they sell some good meat over there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that false idol's temple. But, you know, that idol's not real anyway. And they just have a really good steak. So I'm going to go get one. And, as, and my name's Joe. And as I'm going over here, I look over here. And here's Steve. Now, Steve, he, he, he gets pretty upset about some of this stuff. You know, he, um, he thinks it's wrong to go over there. He thinks it's wrong to even be anywhere near that temple. Hmm. But you know what? I really like being around Steve. Hey, Steve, why don't you come over here and eat with me? Man, listen, I want you to know it's okay. It's not a sin for us to come over here and eat this steak. And then all the while, Steve says, Well, Joe, I like spending time with you. Okay, you know, I'll go. And you know what Steve just done? He just went against his own conscience. He just told himself, it doesn't matter what I feel on the inside. I just want to go ahead and go because there's no black and white for it. So, gee, Steve and, Steve and me, we went over here and, boy, we ate us a good steak. Now, I want you to know something. If I were to do that, if I were to pull Steve over here to come eat this steak with me, the Bible says I just sinned against God. Why? See, this is where it gets tricky. Because the Bible says, Take heed lest by any means this liberty, this freedom of yours, becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. That means you doing what's okay, what's not a sin, can cause somebody else to trip up. And if you cause somebody else to trip up, at that point you have sinned against God. Causing someone to trip and fall, that's a sin. The stake is not causing somebody else to go against their conscience is. That's what he says in verse number 10. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge, you have the facts, sit at me in the idol's temple. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge, here it is, through thy knowledge, because you have the facts, shall the weaker brother perish for whom Christ died? That means the weaker brother is going to go ahead and go along with it because you're in your liberty. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, when you do that, ye sin against Christ. Now here Paul wraps it up in verse number 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. You know what Paul says? I would rather just go ahead and stay away from that piece of steak as good as it looks. I'm just going to go ahead and stay away from it because, you know, it just might make my brother to trip and to fall. Now, does that mean Paul never again ate another piece of meat? I think what he's saying is he was not going to ever let himself be in the situation over here with this temple where those false idols are buying that particular meat. Paul is just making a point. Look, I need to be careful that I don't make a weaker brother fall. You know, there are some people that, man, when they get saved, they're just, they're so excited about living for the Lord that they're going to start doing this and this and this. And, and they might start doing some things and, and even putting restrictions on themselves that aren't necessarily black or white. But it's not for me to try to pull them down off of their, off of their spiritual cloud, so to speak. If someone's there, hey, man, brother, praise the Lord. If that's what you feel like the Lord wants you to do, then I'm for you. I'm going to help you out. I'm not going to take him and pull him back down to where my liberties are just so I can do what I want to do. 
So folks, here was our answer, and this is what we talked about. We'll give our basic summary with this. We asked ourselves, is it right or is it wrong? There's a lot of questions that we as Christians sometimes ask. Is this okay? Is this not okay? Is this right or is this wrong? Now, step number one, if it's in the Bible, if it's, if it's black and white, we don't even have to wonder. There it is. But we're talking about something that may be confusing that, that I can't find a, a black and white on. So what do I do? Is it right or if it's wrong? Well, if there's, no, if there's no rule against it, then it's okay. But if in doing so, I'm going to cause my Christian brother to trip and to fall and cause them to sin, that means I just sinned against God too because I just made somebody else mess up. So, folks, this is where we have to be very careful. Yes, we have the facts. Yes, we have the knowledge. We have, we have the black and white in our heads. But the deciding factor is going to be our love for everyone else. It's going to be our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we could. We'll stop here. We'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. And I want us to ponder on this thought for a moment. Do we care more about the things that we can do and the things that we can't do? Do we care more about what we get to do and what our liberties are? Or do we care more about looking out for our fellow brother and sister in Christ? Folks, time and time again when we open the Bible, God tells us to live by this law of love. If we can see the world through the love of Jesus Christ, all those questions will fall into place. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts and minds of everyone that's here as we've looked at this passage of Scripture. And Lord, help us to understand how loving others can dictate our decisions. Now, with every head bowed again, with every eye closed, this is just a moment for you to do business with the Lord. You know, maybe you've been facing a very similar question in your own mind about whether something is right or wrong, about whether something is okay or not okay. What we do know is this, is that God wants us to be an example. We're supposed to be a light into all the world. And maybe there's some weaker brethren around us that are watching us, that are wanting to see how we live. Hey, let's keep our standard, let's keep our bar set high for the sake of protecting those around us. we thank you for giving us such a wonderful day. Lord, we thank you that you care for us. Lord, I ask that you would help us to see the world with the same love that you see it. Help us to look at our brothers and sisters in Christ with the same eyes that you see them. Lord, may we love our brothers and sisters the same way that you love them. And Lord, in doing so, if we have any questions about whether what's right or what's wrong, help us to make those decisions with love, not just the facts, 
but to make them with love. And Lord, even so, we love you tonight. We thank you for all it is that you do for us. And as we get ready to leave now and, and go our different ways, just protect us, keep us safe until we come back here together at the next time. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we ask it. Amen. All right. Well, folks, that's all we've got for tonight. So we'll go ahead and, and be dismissed. And then we'll, I guess we'll head on to the back. Love you guys.